Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. I tell you what, I'm really, really looking forward to this episode. I kind of just needed, you know, this off-season, the news has started to dry up. You need something to kind of fill your cup up to keep you going. Last week was it for me. Um, I had a heap of fun releasing that episode, doing my top 10 players heading into next season. And it was wicked just to have all that engagement from you guys. Plenty of debates, plenty of questions. Um, you know, it was really, really enjoyable. So I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to this week's episode. Got a lot to get through. Uh, I'm going to rattle through a couple of quick odds and ends from the NBA, the NBL. I'm then going to kind of off the back of some of the points from last week and a couple of other conversations I've had over the, cu- over the course of the last couple of weeks. I, I've posed a couple of hard-hitting questions to myself um, that I'm going to try and tackle ranging from the Lakers to next season's title favourites. A couple of questions to get through that I'm really, really excited to answer um, that I'll get into shortly. Before I do so, though, guys, a big shout-out to both the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover. As I say every week, it's awesome to be a part of those two entities broadcasting our show across Australia and the US of A. So I certainly appreciate the continued work that both of those guys are doing. Um, as well, guys, be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, it, it's, as I said, it's been awesome. The level of engagement this week. Had a heap of fun, you know, chopping it up with all you guys out there. So keep it coming. Be sure to have plenty more questions, plenty more talking points, plenty more reels, all that kind of thing for you to engage with this week. So uh, certainly appreciate it. Keep it coming. Now, I mentioned last week the potential that I might have been joined by a guest this week, none other than the Jack Jumper's newest recruit, Isaac White. Due to just a bit of a conflict in schedules, I know he's a very, very busy man, we're hoping to tee that episode up for next week. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled. Um, Hopefully that all comes to life. Don't hold me to it. You know, the schedules are forever changing. He's, as I said, a very busy man, but we're going to try and get that one teed up for next week. Fingers crossed. So certainly looking forward to that. Um, As I said, just just quickly, I want to, I want to, Keep it coming. I used the word contentious last week, and that's, you know, probably the best best word to describe last week's show. Uh, it was a contentious topic, naming my top 10 players for next NBA season. Um, it, it brought around a lot of debate. I had a lot of people questioning my decision on, jo- oh, sorry, Ja Morant, um, as to why Dame Lillard wasn't in there, where Zion was Kawhi too high. Did I kind of slack on Luca a little bit? Uh, lots of talking points to come out of that one, so be sure to keep the engagement coming. I'd love to continue to chat with you guys about that one. Let's get into it, though, guys. I've got some quick odds and ends. We'll start on the NBA front. Now, a really, really exciting bit of news here came out during the week. Slam Ball will be returning in the summer of 2023, so next summer for, for the U.S. listeners around that June, July, August mark. Slam Ball will be returning. Now, for any of our Australian listeners out there, real real OG ones, um, I used to watch this one. There was a channel, how, when would it have been? What year? Was it like 2011, 2012? Maybe a little bit earlier. It was called 1HD, and they were kind of just a dedicated sports channel. It was a bit of a game changer here in Australia. I remember they had, had, had the Hilltop Hoods. It was still standing and Chase That Feeling. It was kind of like the two anthems for that channel. Um which are very fond memories of that. I used to really, really get into slam ball. For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's essentially basketball, but on trampolines, but you can tackle. That's very, that's kind of the, the gist of it. Be sure to have a look at it on YouTube. 
Uh, there's plenty of clips floating around. Uh, it is one of the most exciting sports going around. I'm so, so happy that it'll be returning. Um, I'm certainly going to be keeping a very close eye on it, as I'm sure a lot of you guys out there will. Um, we might have to do a bit of a dedicated slam ball segment every now and again if it really gains some traction. Uh, but I'm certainly looking forward to keeping a, a keen eye on that one, and I hope you guys do so as well. If you're not familiar with it, be sure to check it out on YouTube. I have no doubt in my mind that you will absolutely love it. Uh, news came out during the week that the, the Cavs young guard Colin Sexton reportedly wants a four-year, $100 million contract. Now, he recently declined a three-year, $40 million deal. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, big, big discrepancy there, you know. He wants $25 million a season, give or take. You know, back end is going to be a little bit more. The Cavs essentially offered him $13 million a season. He played 11 games last season, yet in the 2020-2021 season, he was averaging 24.3 points, three rebounds, and four and a half assists a game, uh, plus a steal, plus a steal. He was doing a bit on both ends of the court that year. Now, th this is a funny one for me because I, I believe he's a really quality young player. I still have Sexton stocks. I believe in him. Um, I certainly think Garland's ascended as that number one guy that the Cavs will be building around. Uh, but I still think there's a role for Sexton within the squad. Now, I would I would love to see him. It, it takes a big man to do it. I would love to see him embrace a sixth man role and really just be the focal point, the driving force of offense for that second unit. I think that's a spot that could really bode well for him and for the Cavs moving forward. Like, you look at their squad, if that were to eventuate, how's, how's this? Garland, Levert, Markinen, Mobley, and Allen as your starting five. Super, super solid there and only going to get better as they progress. Then you've got Sexton, Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio coming off the bench. That's really, really solid. That's a solid eight-man eight lineup. That's without mentioning Robin Lopez, Chetty Osman. Uh, that would be just a perfect spot for him and the franchise, I think. I'd probably have to come to a middle ground on the actual contract value i think he's probably worth more than 40 million over three years but i don't think he's worth 25 million a season if you could get him at let's say four years 70 million 70 million you know a little over 17 a season i think that would be a really good deal for both parties uh i think the Cavs are in a really exciting space i really think i was probably the the cinderella story of this season uh and i th i hope that continues to progress but for my eyes, I don't think they could coexist now with Garland and Sexton in the starting lineup. Um, I think I think Garland's the guy. Garland is the guy. If you complement him in the backcourt with Levert, really exciting, really dynamic. You get Garland, who's more of a pass-first playmaker. He continues to put up points, but he's a pass-first playmaker there, whereas Levert can be your, your offense-based, get to the bucket. Um, it's a really good tandem between the two. And I think Sexton in that sixth man role would be spot on. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about that one. Is Sexton going to stay with the Cavs? And if he does, would you like to see him in a sixth man role as I would as well? Um, during the week, I put up a post on our socials about this one. The KD saga rolls on. We had during the week, he posed an ultimatum to Nets owner Joe Tsai. It was either move forward with him. Or move forward with head coach Steve Nash and general manager Sean Marks. Now, it just feels as if we're in a bit of a stalemate at the moment with this situation. The, the trade rumours have started to die down a little bit, um, but it's it just feels like we're stuck in no man's land once again at the minute. 
I, I think, to be honest, if you're in the next camp, you've got to be thinking, well, if it's between the two, the ultimatum's been posed. We've got to move ahead with KD. Now, I say that purely for the fact that despite him being 34, despite him having a history of, of really bad injuries, he is one of, if not the greatest scorers in the history of the NBA. Um, he's an all-time talent. The, like the franchise can be built around him. No questions asked. Whereas you're looking at your general manager and your head coach, huge fan of Steve Nash. That being said, he hasn't really been a coach for the last couple of seasons, has he? You know, you look at you look at KD, you look at James Harden, you look at Kyrie Irving, those personalities, they have been the ones who have ran that franchise and it's pretty much been left in their control. So therefore, I, I don't think losing Nash as a head coach is is too big of a loss. Um, and if, if they were to keep, keep KD, you know, with KD alone, that's a really formidable squad. Whoever you put around him, it's irrelevant. That's how, that's how good he is. But if they keep KD, hopefully a healthy Ben Simmons comes back, a healthy Joe Harris, a healthy, healthy TJ Warren as well. You know, time will tell how the Kyrie situation plays out. But that's the makings of a really strong squad right there. Really exciting squad on both ends of the floor as well. You know, the length of KD, huge. The defensive acumen of Ben Simmons, uh, second to none when he's actually on the court. You know, I, st- I still think if that were to play out, they're going to be right back in the mix. Uh, I- I'm certainly just eager to see how this finally plays out. I'm, I'm kind of sick of the rumours now. I think the time is is now for a move to actually be made, whether it's Boston stepping up, whether it's Toronto stepping up. Uh, it needs to be ironed out. Likewise on the Kyrie front as well, especially for the Nets. You know, what are we now? Middle of August? You know, there's not that long till the season starts, really. There's not that long. And their their whole their whole team team is in disarray just because of these two big, two big players. Uh, there's no clear direction in which way they're going at the minute. But if I was the Nets, just to come full circle on that one, I would be saying to go with KD. Kyle Kuzma. Here's a name we haven't spoken about very, very much recently. Kyle Kuzma had a ridiculous showing in the Utah Powder League Pro-Am. Um, you know, just another comp, getting some reps in the legs. He dropped 67 points, 14 rebounds, and nine assists. Now, again, take what you, you will in these, these preseason tournaments, but that is just a ridiculous, ridiculous stat line. Um, it kind of it comes off the back of what was arguably his career best season really led that franchise well whilst Bill was out to start, had them in and around a top four, top four position for the for the best part of you know the heart, the first half of the season. Started to drop when Bill came in. Okay. But now as he approaches, he's 27 now. Could this be the year that he asserts himself as, a, as that number three? He's shown the capabilities. He's, his rebounding was incredible this year. The jump that took showed a better consistency again with his shot, a more willingness to actually score the ball. Put him alongside Bill and KP. They can just iron out their system. Who's, you know, who's the dominant force? It's it's going to be Bill, but when is each other going to get their shots? Uh, I, I think Kuzma could be poised for a big, big season. I, I certainly hope so. I'm a huge fan. I was a huge fan when he was a Laker. Uh, I think he's got the potential. He's never going to be a superstar. He's never going to be a superstar, but he can be a really high quality role player to a to a low level star. That's that's awesome for him. It's awesome for the Wizards. Uh, a team I'm interested about, just because we haven't spoke about them much lately. A team that's almost flying under the radar this offseason, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can do. 
especially with Will Barton as well. That's uh, they're, they're going to have a pl- plenty of scoring. The only concern will be on the defensive end. Uh, there were ominous signs during the week for the rest of the league. Now, my number one pick from last week, Giannis. I, actually, I think that I think that fared pretty well. I think a lot of people agreed with that one. Um, he kind of showed as to why he was my number one pick. His dominance at transcends the NBA. It, it crossed over into international basketball this week. He dropped 31 points, 10 rebounds, three assists as Greece beat Spain 86 to 70. Now, this was his highest career total points for Greece, despite him only playing 20 minutes. And again, I know it's kind of like Kuzma. Um, you know, read into what you will about the level of competition. But the fact is, you still got to put up the points. You still got to go out there and put in a showing. And he did that in 20 minutes. I, I, I really think, and I'm, I don't want to go into it too much. I'll speak about him a little bit more in the show. I've got another point. But he's, he's, he's not called the Greek freak for no reason. He's something else uh, and can't wait to see what the season has in store for him. Let's transition to the NBL now. I've got a couple of quick points to rattle through. Now, per Joe Varden of The Athletic, Bronny James in the fall of 2023 will be either playing in college, the G League Ignite team, or the NBL. This per Joe Varden, The Athletic, a very reputable source. They are the three options at the minute that are, are looking most likely. Now, for me, I, I think the G League Ignite team has been a, a raging success so far. It's awesome to see Dyson Daniels a multitude of players in its first season coming into the league. That's fantastic. College ball, that roots, that feels like a dying entity to a certain extent. But the NBL, now I've mentioned it time and time again, it is a breeding ground. It, it, is, it is outside of the NBA, one of the best leagues in the world. Um, I'm sure I need, where's Roe with my, my dollar jar? A breeding ground. That's uh, be filling up very, very quickly there. Um. I think this is his best route. Now, if it were to play out, Melbourne United, or as much as I hate to say it, shout out to the boys from the Fifth and Dribble podcast, the Sydney Kings are the two most likely destinations, just given the the market size that they both possess. Uh, But I think in terms of, now we saw the impact that LaMelo Ball had on the league, impact that even Josh Giddy had on the league, even though he was an Australian-born Having Bronny James come over here for a season, I think would just put put the league in a different stratosphere. Despite what Bronny does on the court, it's almost irrelevant. The fact is that name, and I guess the time with LeBron there is just going to be phenomenal. He will be, the league will just shoot to a different level in terms of viewership, in terms of commercial success. Um, I, I really think for him, it would be beneficial. I think for the league, it would be huge. I reckon go for him at all costs. Um, and I really think for his development, like he's, he's put on a heap of size lately. Let's see how he goes against grown men. Let's see if he can mix it with the, with some of the best in the world out there. I, I would love to see it. I'd love the opportunity to see him in person. Uh, but watch this space, Bronny James, potentially in the NBL in 2023. How exciting. Uh, a few more trades went down during the week as well. We had Adelaide adding guard, Chris, uh, Craig, sorry, Craig Randall, the second to their squad. He was last season's most improved in the G League. Comes with a great pedigree, NBA experience. They also added centre Deng Akuth, played with the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, uh, bowled out in the NBL one last season, our kind of reserve league. He put up 10 points, nine rebounds, 2.7 blocks a game. Now, that's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic stats for a guy 
and deserves an opportunity. Um, I think in terms of Adelaide, they are probably, well, it's not probably, without a doubt, they've had the best off-season. These two players who I've just mentioned, alongside Robert Franks, Antonius Cleveland, watch out. They're going to be probably one of the favourites heading into next season. And, yeah, I can't wait to see what this squad can do. There's a lot of talk about them, and rightly so. Now it's whether a question whether they can put it all together on the court together. The Illawarra Hawks have added George King, who just won the Summer League title with the Blazers. He averaged 13.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists a game in the G League last season. Really will complement you know, a squad that's got a lot of potential. We look at Tyler Harvey. They've lost players, Justinian Jessup. They've lost quite a lot of players, but they've still got a lot of talent in that squad. And, and what King will do there is just boost it immensely, as will adding point guard. So to, to complement Harvey in the backcourt there, Justin Robinson. Now, he's 24 years, 24 years old. He's played 43 games in the NBA. Um, again, just having that, that, that guard who's, who's been at the highest level, experience is key, and he's going to bring a whole host of it. King, Robinson, Tyler Harvey, that is a really, the really good core of a team that should be in the should be in the finals, should be in the playoffs at least. Now, time will tell. I think across the board in the NBL at the moment, there's a lot of talent flowing through. But the Hawks and Adelaide, two teams that, that faltered last season, they should be back, back in and around the mix, I reckon. So watch this space on both of them. Also, in positive news for the Kings, next star player, McCaw Maker, is signing an it's a 10-day exhibit contract with the Washington Wizards. Now, I wasn't too familiar with this, this contract. I've heard of a 10-day contract, but I, I guess it's essentially the same as, as an exhibit contract. It's a, new, it's a new one to me, but it's more than likely that he'll spend the season in the G League with the Capital City. Awesome for him. A young guy gets another opportunity at potentially making the big league. Uh, I think he'll flourish in the G League and hopefully gets a crack. You know, you, you hate to say it, you, you, you wish for injuries for no one, but if injuries and in certain circumstances were to arise, I'd be awesome to see him get a crack this season with the Washington Wizards. Tell you what, the NBL, it's, uh, we're, what are we? We're about eight weeks away from the season tipping off. Again, I'm probably a couple of weeks away from doing a bit of a season preview, previewing all the teams. Hopefully have Isaac White on next week to talk jack jumpers. Uh, things are heating up. It's going to be a really exciting season. I hope you guys... If you didn't take me up on it last season, I hope you take my advice this year and, and really get onto it. If you're from the US, from Australia, we've got listeners globally. globally. So, you know, if, you, if you're craving a bit of bowl, you want something else to, to add to your sporting uh, sporting was it sporting diary, let's go diary. Um, check out the NBL, guys. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Let's move ahead. The Daily Dribble. As I said, at the top of the show, I've got a quick couple of questions here. A few were posed to me during the week, um, a couple off, off my own, own accord, um, just through different articles I've read over the last few weeks. I've come up with a couple of questions here. There's only a few that I wanted to tackle. I want you guys to let me know what you think of my answers. As, as I always say, you guys make the show. Drop your thoughts. Had a heap of fun doing it with you guys this week, You know, discussing my picks. Um, a lot of fun. So let's get into some of these questions. Now, the first one that I've got here posed is the Eastern or Western Conference stronger? Now, 
In years gone by, it was very, very easy, this question, just to say the West, flat out, unequivocally done and dusted. But I think this is probably the closest in, in a good decade that the East has been. I, I find the East really, really exciting now. The depth of talent it has is unparalleled. As I said, in the last decade, this is probably the best conference has looked. You could, across all 30 teams within the league, to be honest, you could probably name at least one good thing about each team. Even some of the worst teams, you know, let's look at our Houston Rockets. Jalen Green looks really solid. They've, they've done the rebuild the right way. They've got a host of assets. They're building in the right direction. The Magic, really solid that young core there. Cole Anthony, Suggs, Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner. Uh, good things happening there. Let's transition to who, who are one of the other lowly teams. The OKC, well, well they're, they're just, they're, their trajectory for growth is it's almost vertical. Like I expect big things for them in the next five to 10 years. They've done the rebuild. What Sam Presti has done over there, the absolute war chest of assets they have is just ridiculous. Um, but but just granted, just those three teams, just quickly, easy. Very, very easy to name one good thing about every team in the league, I would say, uh, which is exciting. And I think in terms of top-tier talent, the East, we're looking at the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, the 76ers, are matching it with the top couple of teams in the West. Your, your Warriors, your Suns, your Mavs, your Clippers, yeah, no, the list goes on and on in the West. Um, but I think in terms of top-tier talent, they're pretty well on par. I just think where the West is a bit stronger is from that, that 4 to 10 mark. Uh, nevertheless, it's still exciting. I think the East, even the Knicks, the Bulls, the Raptors are really, really competent teams. Uh, and I think there's going to be quite a lot of curveballs this season. I would still, I guess, in answer, summary to that question, I would say the Western Conference is stronger. But I think this is the closest the East has been in a long time. And to be honest, I'm probably almost more excited for the East just because I think there's more potential for a team like like the Hornets or like the, I'm just rattling through, like the Bulls to cause a bit of an upset. Whereas I think in the West, the top tier teams are just going to be too good. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about the East. Let, let me know your thoughts on that one. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I might even do a poll on that during the week. Do you think the East or the West is stronger? I uh, would love to hear what you guys think out, out there. Uh, that ties in with my next question. Who takes out the title? An early prediction. Um, I've got here a list of three. I've got a list of three. I think it'll be the Warriors, Bucks, and Clippers is probably my three favourites at the minute. Now, they probably haven't gained enough chatter over the last month or so, but I think it'll start to ramp up for the Clippers. Their squad I spoke about with Matty B a few weeks ago from the fifth and dribble. Um, they're in such a good position at the minute. The depth of talent they have is is arguably them and the Celtics, probably the, probably the deepest team within the league. Adding John Wall... Their guard depth, it's bolstered. That's awesome. Healthy PG, healthy Kawhi coming back. You know, Norman Power, Robert Covington, Zubach, Terrence Mann, Batum. Uh, the list goes on and on and on for them. Marcus Morris, it's it's just ridiculous, the abundance of assets that they have. And kind of, you know, it feels in pretty, pretty similar to what I said a few weeks ago. I think they're going to be a team that people might be sleeping on a little bit too much at the moment. I reckon I haven't I haven't checked the odds recently, but I reckon Vegas would have them right up there. 
I think they could almost be one of, if not the favourites this season. I, I really think they're going to go the distant. It, it makes me nervous as a Lakers fan. I think the Battle of LA could be uh, could be pretty one sided potentially this season. In regards to the Bucks, I put up a reel a couple of weeks ago and said, had Middleton been there, we could have been looking at the Bucks as NBA champions. You know, that's a bit of a what if a butterfly effect scenario there. A lot of people agreed with me though, and I see no reason, health, health, you know, pending, that they shouldn't be up and around the mix again. Giannis is beyond belief. Middleton's a really good Robin for him, and Drew Holiday. That trio is fantastic. What they got out of Bobby Portis last season, Brooke Lopez, hopefully healthy again. Uh, it's, he's had a bit of a rough run of late, but hopefully if he stays healthy as well, they're a team that should be should be Eastern Conference finalists, I would imagine. But uh, to wrap up on that one, I will say the Warriors. I think I've got to go with the reigning champs. It's hard to see them not being better than they were this season. You know, Clay's got more reps under the belt. Look at these young guys, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman coming back as well. Pool, they're all developing, all growing. It's awesome. I expect to see Curry. I said this the other week as well. I expect to see him probably sit out more when possible. I reckon load management will be a bit of a factor for him. Save him for when it matters most. As I say, get more reps in those leagues for those younger bodies. But I think uh, I think they're probably the picks once again. I just, I think they're, again, they're the same as last season. Now, I said at the start of the season, they are in the perfect spot at the moment between going for it now, but also having having the future almost set as well. Uh, and I, I really, really hope to see more from these young guys this season. I think they've got a really exciting squad, had some big losses, Juan Toscano, Anderson, namely, uh, but I think they've got enough there to cover those, cover those losses. Um, Gary Payton, I think, it, it it's it wasn't ideal losing him, but that's just part of the game. Someone will step up, next man up mentality. It's what they've prided themselves on the last few seasons. You know, when injuries occur, next man up. And it'll be no different this season, I don't think, for the Warriors. The next question I had was, what does the league need more of? Now, this, I, I thought long and hard for this one. Um, spoke about last week with the uh, the the boxer ownership group potentially, you know, starting the Las Vegas franchise. Okay, do we need more teams? Mm, we could have more teams. I don't necessarily think we need them at the moment. Uh, do we need a rule change? Do we need less timeouts? I'm all for that. Um, just increase the speed of play. Do we need a time limit on reviews? Yep, absolutely. Can we refine certain aspects of the actual product like that? 100%. But the actual point I went for here was rivalries. I think rivalries in any sport are absolutely key. Uh, you look at you look at tennis. We've had the the Federer Nadal Djokovic rivalry having the most Grand Slams in history. It's been absolutely enthralling to see how that's all played out over the last decade. You look at soccer. We've got Ronaldo and Messi, just you know, two of arguably, if not the greatest players of all time, duking it out at a level one unseen before. You know, two players doing what they've done for the amount of time they have, incredible. It's just, it's absolutely remarkable. Um, you know, you can look at every other sport pretty much in the world. Every sport has a re- in the history has a really great rivalry. Um, and I think at the moment, the NBA is lacking that. Now, we saw during the week, DeJounte Murray and Paolo Banchello 
the situation play out during the jury league there. I won't go into it too much. It's been plastered across social media the last few days. Check it out if you haven't. It's pretty funny stuff. Um, but just that, that little bit of tension. Now, I think it's one thing. They're doing a lot of barking. A lot of players do a lot of barking on social media now. I want to see that that passion translate on the court. We need more Magic versus Bird. We need more Isaiah versus Jordan. All that type of stuff, it really captures the attention of fans. It captures the attention of, of, of fan bases. Um, and I think at the minute, that's what the league is lacking. Now, I'm, I'm trying to think just off the, off the top of the head what a good one would be. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons against Philly, that's wicked. We see Trey Young against New York. Yeah, it's, it's rivalries that are building, but I just want to see one really command the attention of the market. When that game's coming up, um, all eyes are focused on it. You know, when when Magic faced Bird, it, it was just, you know, you, you watched the last dance as well, Isaiah and Jordan. These are rivalries that capture not only those fan bases, but capture the whole NBA as a whole. Um, so I think the league needs that, and that's what I would be hoping for moving forward. The next question I had here was, is LeBron good enough to make the Lakers relevant again? Whew. It's a tough question. I've we've got the big man back there in the background. I've got the Lakers, Lakers jumper on today. Um, this is a really hard question. Now, reports came out during the week that Darvin Ham had a meeting with LeBron and Rob Palenka. Ham stated that they want the offense to run through AD, and apparently LeBron was on board with it. Now, I think that's a must. I think now is it's got to be the time that AD steps up. He needs to be hungrier on both ends of the floor um, and really assert himself as that number one guy. It's uh, what, are, what are we talking, LeBron 37 now, 38, 37? It, it, he, he can only do so much. He needs some running mates with him at this point in his career, and AD has got to be that guy. Uh, if you're named in the top 75 players of all time, you've got to start acting like it. Uh, there's still the big Kyrie Westbrook situation to play out. Again, from all reports, the Lakers are really looking to go for it now, offering the maximum amount of draft picks that they can for this one. So don't be surprised if we see some action over the next few days on that front. Uh, but it's really a big, big portion of this is going to be on Reeves. It's going to be on Horton Tucker. It's going to be on Lonnie Walker. At the minute, it, looked like, it looks like Reeves and Horton Tucker will be the starters alongside Westbrook, AD, and LeBron. Um, so a big, big responsibility is going to be on their shoulders. Likewise on Lonnie Walker and Kendrick Nunn. Now, <laughs> Kendrick Nunn, we spoke about the other week, Matty B and I, that Kendrick Nunn is – the idea of Kendrick Nunn is good, the reality not so good. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that the reality will be better this season because they need – they need guys who can score in this second unit. We saw flashes in his time with the Heat. Likewise, Lonnie Walker with the Spurs. They are going to have to carry and drive offense when LeBron's sitting, when AD's sitting, when Westbrook or Kyrie's sitting. Um, that makes me nervous. I think they look on paper shallower this season. Um, I think they've they've got to be pushing for home court. They have got to be in and around that mix. Um you know, they've they've really got to capitalise on the last few years of LeBron. Really go for it. I think LeBron is he's still in there in the top couple of players within the league, but as he gets older, you know, certain restrictions with the body, he can only do so much. So 
the question was, is LeBron good enough to make this Lakers team relevant again? Yes, he is, but he can't do it alone. Now, I think they're going to be pushing for home court. In reality, I see them as a fifth or sixth seed. Um, it's, a, it's a big year. It's a big mountain to climb. I'm interested to see how they go, though. I think they're probably a little bit thin on shooters at the moment. I think they're a little bit thin just in centre minutes. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out with the Lakers. They've got a lot of expectations on their shoulders this year. Let's move ahead to the final question I had here. It was in regards to Giannis. And the question that was posed was, is Giannis heading towards a top 10 place in history? Once his career is over, is that the trajectory we're looking at at the moment for him? Now, it's absolutely ridiculous to think he's 27. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out some accolades here. I just want it all to sink in. I won't go into points. I won't go into things like that. But these are some of the accolades that this 27-year-old has. He's an NBA champion. He's a finals MVP. He's a two-times MVP, six-time All-Star, All-Star game MVP, four-time All-NBA first team, two-time All-NBA second team. He's a defensive player of the year. He's a four-time NBA All-Defensive first team. He's an NBA All-Defensive second team. Won the most improved player in 2017. Made the All-Rookie second team. He's in the top 75 players of all time, all whilst only being 27 years old. Uh, he's just, just entering his prime. You know, not since Shaq have we seen a more dominant force. Uh, I think the way his game's developed, the poise that he's got for a guy that's as big as he is, his handle is tight. His shooting is developing at a phenomenal clip for a guy his size. Just having that, you know, he doesn't need to be a great shooter. We're not expecting him to be Steph Curry, but having that, as a weapon in his arsenal, uh, it adds such another dimension for his game. And it's uh, it's almost a different sense. We speak about Steph Curry, you've got to guard him from half court. It's pretty well the same with Giannis, but in a, in a different sense, whereas Curry can pull up from anywhere pretty much halfway or, or further in. Uh, Giannis, as soon as you give him a moment to get the, the engine ticking, he is unstoppable. Now, I really think he's going to be, there might have been over the last season or two a little bit of voters' fatigue in regards to the MV, MVP race. Uh, he certainly had a good case for it this year. Jokic once again claiming it to do the back-to-back, but I expect Giannis to still be in and around the mix. As I said, 27 years old, the Bucks are going to collect wins. He's going to play most games because he's, he's still young enough. Um, the, 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 the body will hold up well. I, uh, I'm, just, I'm just rattling through on the top of my head here, the top 10. We've spoken about this quite extensively. You're looking at your, your Michaels, your LeBrons, your Birds, your Magics, your Kareems. Uh, it's such a tough question, and it, it's, it's a question that does divide fans, as like my, my topic last week in regards to the top 10 players heading into this season. It gets even more, uh, more contentious as you start talking all time. But if he continues at this current trajectory, He's, he's got another probably four years of being in his prime, four to five, even six years of being really in his prime, and another 10 years probably of dominating the league. You're talking possibly another two or three MVPs, another, another couple of titles. I think he's going to be in and around the mix. At the minute, I would say no. Just as an answer to that question, I would say no, he doesn't make it. 
but I would not be shocked to see him do so. Ask me in a year or two. Um, I just think at the minute we're seeing Steph Curry get into that conversation. He's doing it with four titles. Uh, Giannis has got to win another, uh, probably another two or three to really start making legitimate waves. Uh, I certainly believe he can do it, but the league is so strong now that it's it's going to be difficult. But if he continues at the rate he is in terms of scoring, in terms of accolades, he is well, well on track. That's, that's a point I'd love to hear from you guys out there. Do you think when it's all said and done, will we be saying Giannis is in the top 10 players in NBA history? I would love to hear your thoughts on that one, guys. So let me know. Okay, there you have it. There's a couple of quick questions that were posed to me throughout the week through different channels via message, um, questions from myself that arose through different articles I'd been reading. Um, had a heap of fun answering those ones. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we'll probably look at doing a bit of a mailbag segment. So I'd love for you guys to start pondering, getting some questions ready to shoot at me. They can be basketball or non-basketball related. Um, I certainly love tackling all of those. Expecting next week, pending uh, no delays, as I said, Isaac White, hopefully of the Tassie Jack Jumpers to be joining us, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, we've got big things in the works. Hoping the boys, Rowan Lee, are still enjoying their time off. Holding down the fort here, getting sore shoulders, but that's okay. Someone's got to do it. Um, guys, as I said, I certainly appreciate all the support. My call to action last week was if you've got someone, a friend or family member who might be interested in basketball, or even semi-interested, uh, send them the way of the Daily Dribble. Uh, certainly very appreciative. Once again, reiterating that this week. So if you've got you know, your neighbor's cousin's great aunt who might be semi-interested in basketball, send them our way. We'd love to have them on board as a listener, get them involved with the show, um, and certainly means the world to me. Guys, as always, a big shout-out to the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover. Continue to stay up to date with all of our socials for when the latest news from the NBA and the NBL breaks. I tell you what, I can't wait for next week. A big episode in store. Keep your eyes peeled. Hoping to be joined by none other than Isaac White. Till then, guys, take care and have a great week.